I want to just uh, start with this verse in Matthew 4 verse 15. It says, here's another way to put it. You, uh, you are here to be light. Bring out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. Isn't that beautiful? He says here, bring God colors in the world. God colors, bring it in the world. Let the true frequency of who God is sound on the, on the earth. You know? And so today we're going to talk about praise and um, the very same uh, uh, piece of scripture that Louis Giglio used. And in his attempt to, he's, he's, he's had a certain attempt in which he wants to show forth how the mountains and the hills and the stars and the whales praise God. And I've got a different attempt today that I'm going to use in explaining how I see the stars and the mountains and the mighty waters and the heavenly hosts. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now the word praise, and the word praise in the Hebrew means the following. It's the word halal. It means to be clear or original in sound or color. To be clear or to be original in sound or color. What that means is, if you say, I praise God, is it means you are bringing forth the original sound God made. The original color that shines from Him. That's when you praise God. We're going to look at this original sound and this original color that, sh that, that, that uh, shines from God and that we bring forth. Now, another word for praise or the best way um, I can explain it in modern day terms is, is basically to make a show off, to boast or to polish up, to take away the dust. Now, when we praise God, is, you know, when you polish something up, we've always said, when you polish something up, you want to, you know, uh, uh, fake it. You want to make it look like something it is not. No, no, when you're polishing something up, you're taking away everything it's not. That's what polish does. It cleans something so that you can see the original color. So when we praise God... We can only praise Him in the praise that was established by Jesus Christ. When Jesus came, He ordained praise. He ordained praise. What that means is, He took away all the dust that religion has laid upon God. Sin consciousness, anger, a wrong understanding of the wrath of God. That God is a God that's just sin conscious. That God is an angry God. That God just looks at um, people's mistakes. The, the dust and the deception that was laid over the name of God that says God, the reason why God made people is for the people to serve Him or for the people to worship Him because He's actually in need of worship or in need of servants. So when we sing the praises of God, what we do is, we come and we as people bring forth who God, through, through what we say and what we shine forth in this life, who He really is. You're not bringing praise to God by saying God will send a tsunami to kill 100,000 people. You're not praising God. You are lying about God. You are cursing God, you are deceiving His people. Glory to God. Glory to God. So, when the Bible says, praise ye the Lord, praise ye the Lord from the heavens, praise Him on high. Now, I didn't put it on the screen there, but uh, in the Hebrew it says, praise ye the Lord, praise Alpha Omega, the Lord, from heaven. Praise Him. In the heights. So what it says here is, when we praise God, let us praise the Alpha and the Omega. 
which is Jesus Christ. Let us make the original sound that God had in mind with the Alpha and the Omega, with Jesus Christ. Let us bring forth that original color that He had. What was the original plan that God had with man? The original plan that God had with man was that man would be in a relationship with Him in the heavens. That man would have a seat in the Trinity. Like the song says here that we sang, come and sit in and listen to the conversation. Come here in and listen to the life that's in the Trinity. That we can hear the life, how life really sounds like in the Trinity, in the original plan. So what, when we're really bringing praise to God and when we are praising Him is when we are communicating a Trinity language family language in our relationship with God where we say we don't have to tithe to be blessed when we say we don't have to sow to reap but that there is only one seed and that is Jesus Christ that was sown and we are the harvest that God has reaped from Jesus that kind of a language where we say God has not made man for the purpose of having servants, but He's made man for the purpose of having friends. We are bringing back the original plan, that which God from the beginning um, had in mind, the original intent, and it paints the perfect picture of who God really is. That is praising God. And then you can also sing your praises. So what that means is, you don't have to sing to praise God. <laughs> Glory to God. If you sing your praises, you've already got praises. And what is your praise? Your praise is that God, from the beginning of time, or, and before time, He had in mind that this kind of uh, uh, Trinity life, this relationship life that He has between Father and Son in the Holy Spirit will be available not just for Him, but also for others, where others can know what it feels like to be loved, to know what it feels like to have the emotion of being overwhelmed by the value of somebody else. That's God's original plan. That is your praise. And now you can come maybe when you drive in your car or you can come on a Sunday and you can then now sing your praises. There might be some people that don't like music. It doesn't mean if you never sing a song you're not praising God. You can sing and sing and sing you know, and until you blew in the face without ever singing the praises of God in songs like, Oh God, please come down and bless us. For that is not praising God. That's not establishing His praise. That's not taking the, 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 uh, the veil away from who God really is and from who you really are. Glory to God. So praise, true praise, is to bring forth the original and speak the original language. And I just feel, let me just elaborate a little bit more on this for people that are maybe here for the first time or people watching via the internet for the first time. <clears throat> when God, and, I, and I'm just going to repeat myself here, when God in the beginning said, <clears throat> let us make man in our image and our likeness, the, the Hebrew there says, and Elohim, the Hebrew word for God is the word Elohim. And Elohim said, let us make another being that is just like us. So that we, what was the purpose? So that we can come, and I'm putting in my own words, in the cool of the day and fellowship with our friend. That's it. Elohim, the, 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 Hebrew, the Hebrew word for God is the word El or the word Eloah. That's the Hebrew word for, for, for God. Then the plural for a word in the Hebrew, like you would get a cherub, or a cherub, which is a, an angel. Uh, you get cherub, which is one angel. Cherubim is two angels, or more than one. So when you say Eloah, you say God. When you say, when you say Elohim, you say more than one God. Or the correct translation for it would be divine ones in the beginning the divine ones said more than one 
we know who they are. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They said, let us allow. One of them maybe stood up and said, allow us. Allow me. Let us make man. Let us work together and create a being that is just like us. If he is in our image, in our likeness, it means you function exactly like God, exactly like God. And he gave man a seat in that trinity. And that is the original plan that God had with man. Jesus Christ came after the fall of Adam and took away all the dirt that came upon his plan. But his plan never changed. And in Christ he came and cleansed it all away. And what we sit with today is, we sit with people and humans having their minds and their eyes dimmed in the wrong understanding of the original plan. And when we bring praise to God, is when we come and help people to see who God really is in their lives. That is bringing praise. That's bringing praise. Bringing praise is not filling up a stadium and singing songs to God. That can be an abomination. Should it not be songs that takes away the lie about the original plan? I hope you hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying that somebody who's got a pure motive and maybe sing a wrong song or a long, wrong lyric that God is now going to hate the person. That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is what you sing is not true praise. The Bible says there will come a time when the worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The word truth there um, in John 4, where, where Jesus spoke to the woman, um, the Samaritan woman, and said it will not be about worshipping here or worshipping there, but the worshippers, talking about the believers, shall worship or have a relationship with God in spirit and in truth. I've, I think I've said it here before, in engineering, you get something that's called a straight edge. A straight edge is a piece of steel that is perfectly straight. Okay? Now, in engineering terms, when you say something is perfectly straight, you say it is true. It's true. So, if you would want to measure anything, if it's straight, you'll take the truth and you'll measure it against that truth to see if it's straight. That's it. You guys all thought there's no spirituality in engineering. <clears throat> okay. So now, when we worship in truth, what does it mean? It means we are now having a relationship with God again according to the original truth from where everything is measured, which is not sin consciousness, which is not guilt, which is not... Uh, 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 Afrikaans, uh, 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 obligation, the English word obligation of plichtsbesef. We don't live like that anymore because Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. Last night um, I watched a, a, a short video clip of uh, Rabbi Zacharias, one of his, I think it's one, one of his secretaries or somebody made this clip and uh, basically said, what does this mean to you? And Jesus said, from now you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of God. Now the Jews tore their clothes and said, listen to the blasphemy. Why do we need any witnesses? He's worthy of death. When he said, from today you'll see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of God. What he was doing is, he was taking away he was polishing up. He was bringing forth the original praise. The original praise. That was what he was doing. And then some obviously didn't want that. It says here, um, praise him from the heavens. Now, to me, how I use that word and how I see the heavens praise God is by the verse in Luke 2 verse 13 where it says, and suddenly there, was angels, uh, there were angels and a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards man. Now, this is what I want to say. How do I, I mean, Louis Giglio now had something on, on how he used nature and everything to say it sings the praise of God. 
how does the sky or the heavens sing the praise of God for vertebrates? And this could also be for you. You know, whenever I drive, and most of the time when I drive, and I see a beautiful sunset, or I see a beautiful sky, I think of the skies that opened up. Heavenly hosts came forth and said these words, Peace on earth. Peace on earth. Glory to God in the highest. On earth peace and goodwill towards man. And from that day, when I understood that verse, the sky and the heavens are singing the praises of God to my mind and is, take, is taking away any dust or anything that could be in my mind about who God really is. And now they are singing His praises. The Table Mountain can be much more beautiful than just a normal mountain with a flat top. The oceans can be much more beautiful. The stars can be much more beautiful. The sun and the moon can be much more beautiful. Because in all these things, we can see how they praise God. How they declare the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ by what happened in the Bible. By what Jesus has done for us. So, today's message is a lot about typology and all those kind of things. <clears throat> Let's go to the next verse. It says, Praise Him all ye angels. Praise Him all ye hosts. Praise Him sun, moon, and, uh, uh, sun and moon. Praise Him all ye stars of lights. A verse that I will connect in there is, And there appeared a great wonder in the heavens, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. And upon her head is a crown of stars. And the city had no need for the sun and the moon to shine uh, in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. You know, whenever I see the sun and the moon, and I've seen it so many times, when I see the sun and the moon, then this is what is in my mind, is that I don't need that to enlighten me. Where the sun and the moon actually talks about the law, you know, where, which was an outside light and not an inner light. Where we were standing under the law, the, the moon especially, it's just a reflection of that light. The sun, an outside light that will illuminate the, the city but now that we are the city of God we are not illuminated by an outside light anymore we're not illuminated by legalism anymore we're not il illuminated by, by beholding the law and trying to do the law for the glory of God which we are will enlighten the whole city from where? from within and in that context I see the sun and the moon singing the very praise of God talking the original language because of the type and shadow that, can, that, that it has and how it is connected to who we really are. You're going to get into two, some two or three wonderful things here today. Praise Him, ye heavens, and all ye great waters that is above the heavens. I mean that word, what does that mean to us? Oh, great waters, let it praise God. How can great waters or a massive river praise God? This is how it praises God for me. And what I hear, it says to me, it says in, in um, Song of Songs of Wuchli, it says, Flood waters can't drown love. Isn't that beautiful? Flood waters can't drown love. Torrents of rain can't put it out. Love can't be bought. Love can't be sold. It is not to be found in the marketplace. So when I see mighty waters, one of the things it says to me, is that mighty water, no flood, not even a tsunami, nothing can drown out the love, drown the love that God has for me. So when I see the mighty waters, when I see the oceans, there's so many things it can say, but one of the things a mighty river would say to me is, look at this mighty river. A human can drown in this, an animal can drown in this, but love cannot be drowned and now that noise of that water bring praises to God that's what I hear you see when somebody sings the praises of God others can hear it so what does the sun say what do you hear what does the moon say what do you hear what does a mighty river say what do you hear what does the ocean say what do you hear it must be good news it must be the sound of the original intent God has. And this blesses me. I can't tell you how this blesses me. You know, when I'm on, on, uh, on Saturday, I'm leaving for, um, 
for the, <clears throat> for the United States and I'll be away for like six and a half weeks and I'm going to have many flights and there's nothing as beautiful as a sunset when you're in an aeroplane especially if there's clouds you know, or a sunrise you know, or when you see thunder in the distance it's so beautiful and all those things are singing are speaking a language when we look in the Bible and we take the types and the shadows portrayed in the Bible of the original language that God was speaking bringing forth the original sound the original color and when we look around this and to me it is so beautiful when we look at the Bible and all the typologies that we cannot get away from hearing the original language we cannot get away from hearing God's original plan for us he loves you he's not sin conscious he cares for you another verse I like in Revelations 14 1 and I saw and behold the lamb standing on the Mount of Zion and with him a hundred and forty four thousand having his name the name of the Father written on their foreheads and I heard a voice from heaven a voice of many waters and as the voice of a great thunder and the voice which I had heard was as the voice of harps so what it says here it says that this glorious God you know uh, um, I saw the, the, the 144,000 talking about the church talking about us and the noise that came from us the noise that came from God when I looked at God surrounded with a church was that of many waters you know how beautiful that is the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will come over us and we will be fountains of water and you'll be a fountain of water and Helena will be one and I will be one and uh, uh, you know Chanel will be one and Marlene will be one and it, so, so we will find this, these waters what is that? it talks about our union with the river which is Jesus Christ seated in the Godhead and here John comes and he says he beholds God and he says from God as we look at these stars is emanating a noise there's a sound coming a global noise coming from God and it's, it's a holistic noise and what it what it says is it's it's it's, it's like the sound of many waters meaning it is the life that's in you plus the life that's in that one plus the life that's in that one speaking the the praise of God the original plan where man is seated with God where we are not sin conscious but being conscious knowing who he is and who we are you know sometimes I get on, in trouble for saying things I just said to somebody you know <clears throat> three years ago I would buy my plane tickets to go to the US like two weeks before I leave because <clears throat> um, you could easily have a cancellation if somebody's invited me because I always say something radical so I don't want to buy 10 tickets and then I get some cancellation because I said something on the tithe or I said something about how God took away the sin of all people. But at least it's now got to the place that I could buy them two months before time and save 50%. You know, so, so I always get into some trouble for something, you know. And the other night I was, you know, we, I was watching this, this Oscar trial and I looked at him and I looked at what was happening there and I realized that nothing that's happening there is singing the praises of God nothing nothing not even the law there nothing sings the praise of God for God's praise is and this is the nothing declares the original plan in that courtroom nothing the original plan was peace and tranquility where we are not sin conscious where we're not even governed by sin where beings look at each other with such value and such adoration that, the, that his heart is so open for what he beholds in the other person that the other person is formed in him that is, that is what we've been designed for that was, was God's original plan God's, uh, and we're going to talk about a law that cannot be broken uh, soon you know? <clears throat> God made a law that cannot be broken that you can, you can only obey that law and now when we when I looked at that court case and I look at what was going on there I couldn't but sit there that afternoon and have tears in my eyes I just want to cry I don't care who's guilty or who's not guilty to me it is man has not been designed for that it was not God's plan 
and I was sitting at night <clears throat> just about to get into bed and I was lying in bed and I was thinking how do you explain to somebody how it feels like to be loved how do you explain to somebody how it feels like to see a person outside of what he does and love him back as a result of this love you cannot explain it you cannot explain it the best way and this is what I wrote there the best way is to introduce him to a person that can love him that way which is God to introduce him to God and to who he really is obviously I got into great trouble for saying that you can't say that on a Christian platform you know I don't know why but, but I got into trouble for that because it, it's too good introducing the world to who they really are now when I say I introduce the world to who they really are you know not even the church has, has come to the knowledge brought, you know, the, of who and what we are people repent receive Jesus and still think they are slaves they've never come to the revelation of who and what they are and the apostle Paul coming in Acts 17 uses uh, uh, philosophers not Christian philosophers you know uh, some of those old Greek gods he uses their secular uh, uh, poets and says your poets say that it, what I want to tell you is exactly as what your poets say that in him we and then he was talking about sinners live and move and have our being in God by saying that, you are actually doing what God does. And I will come to the last verse we're going we're gonna to get to is that we are lifting the dust of man, of who man really is. He says to those poets, he says, why do you think you can serve God with your hands as if he needs anything? So what was Paul doing? He was praising Jesus in his preaching. He was bringing forth the praises, making the original sound, making the, bringing forth the original color and the original portrait of who God really is by saying, why do you think of yourselves as slaves? For God was not in need of slaves. He was not in need of servants as if you can serve Him as if He needs anything. If God... If God needs nothing, how do you serve Him? The only way you can serve God is by seeing God telling you, and I've mentioned this before, God telling you, I created you in my likeness and in my image. And what I want to do for you is allow you to partake in this relationship. That's what I want to do for you. So how can you serve Him? By saying, it's okay. It's the only way in which you can ever serve Him by saying, it is okay, I allow this. How else? I think two or three Sundays ago I said, how do you obey? You can obey a law. But how do you obey a declaration? God declares your sins are forgiven in Jesus Christ. How do you obey that? The only way you can obey that is by believing it. That is why belief is called obedience in the New Testament. Glory to God. Amen. So, here we see the praises being sung. The many waters. Beautiful. Let him praise. Let him praise. Aleph The name of the Lord. So, what it says here is, when we pray, when these, these things praise, let it praise the name of the Lord. For he commanded and they were created. He also established forever and ever has he made a decree which shall not pass now let me explain that he says I've made the heavens and the earth now we know the Bible says that he will fold up the heavens and the earth like a cloth that can pass away we know that the mountain can pass away doesn't Bible not say that yes the stars can pass away but it says in Isaiah it says but my loving kindness and my covenant of peace shall never pass away so the way the mountains and the stars and the heavens sings the praises of God to me what I hear they say is I can pass away but God's love can never pass away 
That's what I hear Table Mountain say. Table Mountain, imagine, if you want to know, uh, uh, imagine Table Mountain must corrode to sand and then blow away in the wind that there is nothing there anymore. How long can that take? And what is the possibility of that? It's almost nothing. That can pass away. But my loving kindness, God says, and my faithfulness and my covenant of peace can never pass away. So here he says that God has placed all these things in the heavens. But he has also established a decree which shall not pass. Now, we know that the law can be fulfilled, the Ten Commandments can be fulfilled and pass away. And the Lord was fulfilled, and the Bible did say it was made null and void. It passed away, according to the book of Hebrews. So what law is he talking about here that says he will, he will make a decree or a law which shall not pass away? Psalm 148 verse 6 in Afrikaans says, En hy het hulle in stand gehou vir altyd en ewig. Hy het ook een wet gegee wat geen een kan oortree nie. He gave a law that no one can break. What that means is, that law is what you will live by and you can never break that law. The law that I believe God has given from beginning is that He is a relationship orientated being and that He made man to be in the image and likeness of God and that we function from the relationship and not from laws. That is the law and the decree that was from the beginning that no man can break. Even if Adam didn't obey it, he still functioned in that law as a relationship orientated being and said that I want to function without standing in relationship with God and that's why he died. So the, the law that God says, which he can never take away, which can never be broken, is the principle that he says, you, first himself, I am a relationship orientated being, I am relational in my way of thinking, I'm relational in my way of dealing with people and I have made mankind, even if he's a sinner, he's got his being in God. Like what uh, 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 Jack Russell has got his being in dog. You find that man has got his being in God. If he's a sinner or not, doesn't matter. His being is in God. He lives, he moves, he's, has, he's got his whole being in God. But we've been deceived in our minds thinking we can have our being a different way. And here it says, the, uh, the psalm writer comes and he says, we see these heavens, we see everything that is put here, and then all of a sudden, out of line, out of the whole uh, uh, chapter, he comes and says something that doesn't actually even fit in there, and he says, he's also made a law that can never be broken. And it can never pass away. We know that is not the Mosaic law. We know that's not the Levitical law. That law is the principle that God will always see you as His offspring. He will always see you as the one, the, the, the one whose soul He's in love with. You know, there's a law that my son can never break. And this is the principle. This is the law he cannot break. The law says, if Elena and I were intimate, and my son was born as a result of that, he is my son. Now, how does he break that law? <laughs> he can never break it. What he can do is he cannot benefit from that law by not believing in it and believe a lie and therefore really suffer and even die. But he cannot break that law. So I want to tell you, you cannot break the law that God says that I have created man to be my friend. You, you can be upset, you can, you, can, you, you, you can be so angry, quote 20 Old Testament scriptures, I don't care. The truth is, this law of relationship cannot be broken and it can never pass away even if people would be lost. The reason they are lost is because of their unbelief in this law. That's it. That's why 
when we sing the praises of God, listen to this beautiful praise. When I look at the heavens, what does it say to me? It says, these things can pass away. It says there, heaven and earth can pass away, but not one point or one comma of the law. There it was talking about the Mosaic law, can pass away till it be fulfilled. And what did Jesus do? He has fulfilled the law. The Ten Commandments has passed away. The Mosaic law has passed away. It's gone. We don't need the law to be righteous anymore. We're righteous by His doing. But what, what law is left that can never be broken? The earth can pass away, but that law is forever and ever. It can never be broken. It is the law of our design. Glory to God. That's why Paul could boldly come to unbelievers and declare that law for you cannot break it. That's your design. Glory to God. Um, let us just see. I'm, I need to wrap up. I don't want to. Let's just take another one on mountains, for instance. Yes, mountains and hills, fruitful trees, and all, uh, and all cedars, praise God. Another way a mountain praises God and sings the praise of God to me is found in Matthew 21, verse 21, where Jesus said unto them, Very, very, I say unto you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say unto this, um, you'll not only do what was done unto the fig tree, but you'll even say to this mountain, Be thou cast up and planted um, into the sea, and it shall be done. Now, what does that mean? Here was Jesus. For those of you that haven't heard that message on mine, of mine on great and small faith, here was Jesus, um, and he was just came out of Jerusalem, and outside of Jerusalem he cursed the fig tree, and the fig tree withered and died. Okay, fig tree speaks to me about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because the first thing Adam and Eve did after they ate of the fruit it was not an apple; they clothed themselves with that tree, which was fig leaves. They clothed themselves, and Jesus always had an issue with the fig tree. Okay, so curse the fig tree of you, nobody will ever eat again. Why? Because Jesus ended the dispensation of the fig tree, which was the law. There's a type and shadow of it. Okay, here he comes, curse the fig tree. The disciples said, how can you, how could this be so done so quickly? He says, listen, if you have, if you are of, of my persuasion, if you believe what I believe, you will not only say to the fig tree, to die, which is legalism just in your own life, but you'll say to this mountain, what mountain? They're just outside of Jerusalem. The Temple Mount, where the Temple is, were representing all the law and legalism and racism between Jews and Gentiles and everything, you'll say to this mountain, with a Temple on top of it, be planted into the sea and it shall be done. So when I see a mountain, you know, and I think of my faith, I'm not trying to move a table mountain by my faith. Oh, you move. What, what, what will that do? That will just bring more praise to man. That's all it's going to do. But what's going to mean something is if a human can say to the mountain of law, Mount Sinai, be moved in the name of Jesus, for I'm of the same persuasion as what Jesus is of. Then that mountain brings praise to God. Okay, let me, let me end off. I'm going to end off with the last verse. Oh, if I, if I just see the verse, I want to cry. It says, Both you young men and maidens, old men and children, let them praise God. Oh, sorry, let me just see if, uh, I hope I copied the verse. <clears throat> yeah, this is, let them praise, talks about people, let them praise the name of the Lord. I don't have time to talk about name now, of the Lord. For His name alone is excellent. His glory is above the earth and the heavens. He is also exalted. Listen to this. He also exalts the horn of His people. The praise of His saints. So what does this say? Let me read it in the, uh, um, in the I think I put it in the uh, message. It says here, And He shall exalt the horn of His people. There is a hymn for all His saints. Now what that means, he says, sing the praise to God, but he also sings your praises. He also has got a hymn for every one of his saints. 
wherein He takes the dust of you, wherein He declares your original design, wherein He speaks well of you, wherein He declares who you really are. And the way in which He declares who you really are, the Apostle Paul says, look at Jesus, seated at the right hand of the Father, who is your life. Glory to God. It makes me so happy. He sings that over me. And let me, let me read another verse about that. It says in Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord thy God is in the midst, um, midst of you, a mighty one. He will save. He will rejoice. The word rejoice in the Hebrew, shine light, shine light over you, or shine your light with, over you with joy. He will rest in His love. Message says, in silent satisfaction, He will rest you know, in His love for you. And He will make music over you. He sings over you. Why? Because, because there's something. Praise means to bring forth the original design, the original thing. So when we sing the praise of God, we talk about what he, who He originally is. He is love. He is mercy. He is grace. He is an influential, relationship-orientated being. When God sings your praise or speaks well about you, like the Bible says in Ephesians 1 verse 3, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in the Greek, blessed means to speak well. Speak well of the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, who has spoken well of us. With every spiritual blessing, with every spiritual well-speaking that can be found in the heavens. In the original Greek it says, who has spoken of us with the highest and most eloquent speech that could be found in the heavens. Glory to God. What God is doing is, he's, he's polishing you up so that your original design can come forth and that you can function on the foundation of original design. Let me end it this way, just for some of the people watching via the web. By this, I am not saying all people, you know, sometimes I, when something's international, you've got to say something local that has got actually no rev relevance for us but for, for some others. When, when I say this, and I talk about our original design, all those kind of things, I'm not saying everybody is saved. I'm just declaring who and what you are. I'm declaring who and what got lost. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Adam's quality of life was not possessed in the fact that he had no sin. Adam's quality of life was possessed in his relationship with the Father. And having no sin was needed to have that relationship. So God came and took away the sin of all people. Not just the church. All people. Who did Jesus die for? For the world or for the church? The world. What's the good news to a sinner? You are forgiven. That's the good news. What can he do with that news? He can believe that news. Should he believe that news? Believe with his heart and confess with his mouth that Jesus is Lord. He shall be saved. What does that mean? We've never understood that meaning. I don't know. Now sometimes, I say this with all respect, all respect. I can't understand why the Holy Spirit has not revealed this to me earlier. Why haven't I known this from child? But if I look at, and this is, this is the emotions in my heart, but when I look at that, and I look at what all of creation is actually saying, I look at what the Father was actually saying, I look at what Christ has done, and all those kind of things, I can't but say, He has already always tried to tell me, but now I can hear. <laughs> Glory to God. Because once you come to the revelation, the law is fulfilled, your eyes are opened up. And you can sort of, sort of see some stuff. One of the things here, and, and I know I'm going on a bit long here, but you must realize that uh, I'm going to the U.S. now, and then I'm not going to see you guys for six weeks. Or a bit more, maybe. <clears throat> um, it says, they praise, they praise Him, O you kings. Now, if I think of kings, how does kings praise God? There's one king that made my heart hear a king singing the praise of God, and his name is Melchizedek. Glory to God. And Melchizedek <coughs> came. Melchizedek met Abraham in the valley Shaveh. 
just outside, outside of uh, uh, Salem. Now this Melchizedek, there's other writings discovered in um, 1882 of a king which was the king of Jerusalem and he wrote a letter to the Pharaoh and declared to the Pharaoh that his priesthood was not from his parents but from God. Now those of you that know a little bit of history on that verse, you will say Amen. Beautiful. So then he came and what did he do? He served Abraham with bread and wine. And he declares to Abraham, who was in covenant with a king called Mamre. Mamre in the Hebrew means dirty or filthy. Melchizedek comes <clears throat> and says to Abraham, who is in covenant with filth, the Almighty God has already given you the victory over the king, over Sidrlai Omer, another king, that took Lot, your nephew, captive. You went and made war, conquered, even while you were in covenant, even while you were worshipping, at these, at these trees, which they believe had these magic powers, to make you connect with God, Abraham went and built his altar there, so that through those trees he can connect with God. Absolute wrong. At Mamre. In covenant with Mamre. King Mamre. So how's the kings going to sing the praises of God? Yes, let King Mamre sing your praises, uh, sing the praise of God. Let King uh, uh, Melchizedek sing the praise. The king of Sodom, they can sing the praises when we see the gospel in those things. And here comes Abraham while in covenant with filth he's obeyed God to a certain degree but still it wasn't perfect and he went and made war and that war the, in that war God gave him the victory and then Melchizedek came and declared to a person basically in his sin and said to him God has blessed you and gave him bread and wine what blesses me is if we go now to Malachi 3 and we talk about the tithe. only reason I, I, I talk about this really now is I've just, I'm busy writing a book on this. So when you go to Malachi 3, the, the letter was written to Melchizedek, which is our Jesus, so that he would know what to do when he meets up with those that are in covenant with filth after the victory and he declared to Melchizedek he declared to Jesus Jesus just get bread and wine so that after the victory you can offer this to these people that are in sin it's got nothing to do with your tithe it's got nothing to do with your money it's got everything to do with the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ and we are not ashamed of this good news I'm going to read the verse that I read in the beginning. Here's another way to put it. We are the light of the world, bringing out God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with us, as public as a city on a hill. Glory to God. I want to tell you, <laughs> just by having this love relationship with God that you are, you are already a city on a hill. You're already going public with us. You don't have to have a little platform on the street corner speaking it. You are. You are the light of the world. You standing, saying, I don't stand in a law relationship with God. Seeing God as one that loves you, living that life, you are already as public as a city on a hill. I want to say to you, and I want to say to everybody watching via the internet, I am not backing down from this gospel. I don't care how much persecution I get. I don't care who's against me. I don't care if we've got one person here. I don't care. This truth brings life. This truth saves people. This truth sets people free from bondage. This truth 
heals broken hearts. So, I want to say, I don't back down from this gospel. I don't care if everybody disagrees with me. I, it can be as arrogant as what you think. Then I will, then God and I, we're in agreement. Amen. Glory to God. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, I want to thank you for this good news that the heavens can sing, the kings can sing, that we can become so, for a better word, God, but obsessed with the truth of, this, of your trinity and where we are seated with you, that we start to see it in everything. We see it in engineering. We see it in, in kings that lived 1,000, 4,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, we see it in mountains, we see it in the ocean, we see it in the whales, we see it in the stars, and we can boldly sing your praises by removing, through our preaching, the lie that's over people's eyes of who you truly are and who we are, so that people can believe and be saved. And so have eternal security as they believe this truth. Thank you, Father. Amen, amen. Thank you so much for enjoying the gospel with me. Amen. Those of you that want to give, you can give over there. Order the CD. I will do this very same message in Afrikaans. If you want to order an Afrikaans one, you can just write it there. Tonight I'm doing that one in Afrikaans. God bless you guys. Nico, I... Okay, yeah, thanks. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for our brother. Thank you for this message that indeed changes the lives of people. Thank you, Lord, for the joy that this message brings to people, the freedom, the peace, the changing of lives. Thank you, Lord, that he's um, stood by this message throughout all the years, that he's never wavered from it, mm. that he keeps on preaching it no matter what. And for this, we honor him, Lord. Mm. We honor him for this message. Thank you that when he goes uh, to the U.S., that people will receive him. Mm. Thank you, Lord, that I mm. honor him, that they will listen to what he says, that he will see before his eyes the, the change in the lives of people. Amen. Thank, Thank you, you, Lord, that... Mm. Um, that you Thank just you, uh, prepare the way Thank before you. him, that he will find that people's hearts are open for what he says. Amen. Thank you for people that will come from far away to hear what he has to say. Mm. People who will drive for days to just come and listen to what he has to say. Thank you, Lord, that um, he already has everything within him that is required for the strip, mm. that the words are already within him, that as he opens his mouth, that he that he will see and experience how God speaks through him, ministers through him, that he will say things that he won't even know before he preaches that he's going to say them. Thank, Thank you, Lord. Lord. And those words will be right for people, that those words will minister directly into the hearts of people who sit there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for his family that stays behind, that they are blessed, that they are taken care of, that they will have peace in this time. Thank you, Lord, that you will shorten the time for them, that it's not, that it doesn't feel for them like too long, mm. but that you, you will just bless him and his family in this time. Mm. Thank you, Thank Jesus. you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, my brother. I appreciate it. Thank you.